Welcome to Event Up, the place where people enthusiastic about events stay in the know on the latest trends within the events industry. Live, hybrid, and virtual experiences. From virtual events to conferences, award galas, and everything in between. Here's your host, Amanda Ma. Hello, welcome to Event Up, the place to get the latest and greatest in the event industry news, ideas, and topics. In this episode, we'll be discussing all things events and why event data is so important, especially when it comes to event management. Today, I'm joined by Jonathan Karazian. Jonathan is the founder and CEO of Accel Events, a leading virtual and hybrid event management platform. Accel Events was recently recognized by Inc. 5000 as a top 200 fastest growing private company in America. Wow. As CEO, Jonathan is focused on leading the company's vision and helping event organizers and marketing professionals transform their events through the innovative technology solutions. As an industry thought leader, Jonathan actively publishes insights on the event landscape and frequently speaks at industry events such as Event MV, Event Tech, Innovation Summit, BizBash Live, and Inbound. We're so excited to have you here today, Jonathan. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So how did you get started in this industry? So I got started in the industry sort of informally over a decade ago. Uh, throughout college, I had been hosting a number of events and even after college doing the same. And unfortunately, after the weekend of, of hosting one of those events, I got some unfortunate news about a family member who at the age of 17 was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, ultimately, I wanted to do something for her and you know, thought about different ways I could raise money, um, you know, one of which was running the marathon, but, but realized I could raise, frankly, a lot more money if I hosted a big fundraiser for her. So uh, I was living in Boston at the time, went over to the aquarium and rented it out. I put my credit card down. I had to sell 185 tickets to break even, basically to be able to pay my credit card bill. I was 24 at the time. And uh, and then just kind of got started. And this is the first large scale event I was planning. We ended up getting 840 people to show up to that first event. But in preparation for it and going into it, there was just so many points where like, you know, looking around for technology to run it, things were either really hard to use or super expensive or both. And ultimately decided that it made sense to build our own solution. Did that and, uh, you know, it was very lightweight. It was the first iteration, but uh, but it worked. We got great feedback from Dana Farber Cancer Institute, who we put the event on for, uh, from the attendees, and, and and we raised a bunch of money. And at that point, I kind of realized, okay, events are hard enough. Technology needs to make them easier, not harder. I can help people with that. And went down this path of of really just focused on that. And for a while. The business was, uh, you know, it was a bootstrap business. I was working on this nights and weekends and, um, and it just continued to grow and grow. But as it grew, we started to move away from the fundraising space and more into for-profit events, particularly in the realm of conferences and trade shows. So that's kind of where we started. And um, you, know, you, you use the platform, so you know where we're at today, uh, far, far different from where we were then. Definitely. And I wish I met you earlier, probably could be part of your bootstrap company because we are also super passionate about events. I think you and I joke about that a little bit before we jumped on, right? When we yeah. mentioned the word event, there's like an instant smile on our face. Absolutely. 
it is, you know, we use Excel events actually. And our first exposure to Excel events was actually during the pandemic because a lot of our clients wanted to, you know, we were helping them move that event to virtual. And I have to say, you're right. There's so many different options out there, but a lot of them are expensive or really hard to use. And when we use a cell event, and keep in mind, it's not a commercial for a cell event. I'm just really sharing from a very authentic and event planner perspective that it was really easy to use and easy to explain to also our customers and clients. And in addition to that, it was also affordable. Right. And it, it made it just that much easier to use. So thank you so much for creating something like this. And I know it wasn't new. It wasn't created during pandemic. Like you said, it was it had evolutions of how you came to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we you know, we certainly did change our focus during the pandemic. But even throughout 2019, there was starting to be this wave in the air of, of the thought around a hybrid event and where technology was going to need to play a bigger role in events. I think for a variety of reasons, but one of which is just that there's been an increased focus in measurement throughout marketing activity. And events in the B2B space, I mean, they make up 25% of marketing budgets. In the association space, um, you know, some reports say that events account for 50% of, of, of the annual revenue for associations. So there's such a fundamental aspect of the way organizations operate, yet they've been this sort of black hole. And what we learned and what we realized is that, you know, again, technology needs to play a bigger role. We can provide solutions that enhance the event while also providing more information to the event organizers. We can help them better position their activities. So we're familiar with Excel events, but, you know, a lot of the audience that are tuning in today, this may be new to them. So Jonathan, can you share a little bit? What services does Excel events offer? Yeah, absolutely. So Excel Events is a platform to facilitate any type of, of conference or trade show. Um, we work with in-person events with everything from lead capture and badge printing on site, the entire check-in experience, uh, the registration flows, and then the entirety of a virtual event experience as well. And that's everything from the broadcasting of your sessions through gamification, workshops, and networking opportunities for for your audience. Um, you know, we talked about this a little bit already, but big area of focus for us is really ensuring that the experience is easy to set up, easy to administer, that you have all of the power and the functionality that you need as the event organizer, but also that it doesn't become overwhelming for your attendees and that they're really able to get in there, enjoy the experience, and your event is able to accomplish whatever it is that you're seeking to do with that experience. Thank you. Yeah, I love the word easy. Because planning an event is complicated enough that, you know, easy, I think for both and our experience with a cell event is that it was easy on our end as an agency to help our clients set up, but also when it's the outward, right, experience for attendee to log on, that is also super important for us because we do look at the whole ecosystem, not just our, it's easy for us, we're easy on the front end, we look at both to make sure like it's cohesive. Oh, I would actually expand that to say there's, you know, there's a couple of additional stakeholders as well, your sponsors and your exhibitors, but also your speakers. And you really need to be thinking about every one of those stakeholders when it is that you're designing that event experience and when you're picking a, a technology provider. A hundred percent. You know, there were some platforms where the speaker just have the hardest time getting on. And it, yeah. you know, as the planner, so help, we feel so helpless when you are 
not in the same room as them and like press this button, do that, right? And we even make videos, but that's why I really appreciate how when people keep things simple. Right. You know, the other thing that, that I would add to that is events are just event and event professional, there's like a different world that they live in. There's a sense of urgency that you don't find elsewhere. Like, yeah, obviously ER doctors and like first responders, but few other industries have this scenario where you spend three months building an experience that maybe culminates in three hours. You don't, you don't have 10 minutes to wait to get an answer, to, to get a response from support. And knowing that coming from the perspective of being an event organizer, we built the structure in a, a support organization around being there in real time for our customers. And, and for that reason, our median response time is around 26 seconds because we know that you need a response right away. I mean, ultimately, like if we can help, if we can help you as an event organizer get an extra 15 minutes of sleep the night before your event, then we're doing our job. Yes, thank you. On behalf of all event planners, thank you for that because we definitely need it. And you're right. I mean, Nowadays is like this is the question, and the client wants to answer right away. Right, yeah. so this That's definitely middle helps. of the event. It's not just the client might want an answer. Like you, you have to. The next session is starting. You have to get that speaker, and like you should never, as an event organizer, be in a position where you feel helpless. Exactly, exactly. So there's so many different virtual platforms out there, Jonathan. What makes yeah. a cell event platform different? So, so in terms of types of events, I mean, you're right. There are a lot of different platforms out there. There's platforms that are sort of like a point solution. They're designed for a very specific type of event. And then there, I wouldn't even really call those platforms. It's more of, you know, almost like a feature. Whereas a platform encompasses everything from your entire event management journey through the breadth of events that you might be holding. And what we're seeing with the introduction of virtual events is that organizations are thinking more holistically, not just about a particular event, but about their entire event program throughout the year. And virtual is a component of that as is in-person. So you may continue to have those flagship in-person experiences, but they're built up as a result of those virtual experiences. And frankly, it's a great way to ensure that you're going to have success with that in-person experience because you've already built this audience of attendees and sponsors and speakers. You know what works, you know what resonates, and you know what you're going to deliver with the, the in-person experience. So it makes that investment more justifiable. Um, none of that is directly what you know uh, your question was about us. But in terms of where we sit in that mix, it's really about being able to deliver that holistic experience and giving you a platform where you have all of the tools to, to, to pick and choose what it is that you wanna create in that particular event experience. Uh, you know, one thing I would, I would caution everyone about is yes, when you're picking a platform, often you find yourself with this menu of different tools and features to use. Don't like take a step back and kind of 80, 20 rule, pick a tool that has all of those features, but in any given event, you probably only want to be using 20% of them or so, because you don't want to create an overwhelming experience. It's more about having that Swiss army knife that gives you the flexibility to be that creative, be that person who, who, who makes that unique experience and makes different experiences throughout the curriculum of events that you're putting together. In terms of where we really where we really serve, um, we work with a lot of events that are uh, heavy in content, and frankly, we think that virtual is a better mechanism for that than being in you know a venue hall where you're 150 feet away from the screen and there's a thousand and one other distractions. Uh, so, from a content distribution perspective, virtual is just 
it, it is vastly superior, uh, particularly events that have a lot of concurrent content going on and different environments for people to interact with one each other, one another through uh, through networking environments and and uh, whatnot. We put a big emphasis into our integration stack with the rest of the CRM ecosystem and uh, association management tools. Um, and then also providing you that holistic data layer that really helps you think about how to deliver the best possible experience in real time, but also how to optimize the next experience that you're putting forward. I really appreciate when you said, you know, the 80-20 rule, because it's true when you get this new, we call it shiny object syndrome, right? Yeah. You go in, you're like, oh my God, this platform, there's so many features and I want to use it all, but you're right. Like that will overwhelm the attendee or the stakeholder. So as the planner, we're always thinking, okay, what is actually the attendee journey that we want to build, right? And what is the focus? Because there, if there's too much going on, then that just means there's nothing going on because yeah. their attention is so divided. So it's like, where do you want that attention to be? And what elements is important for this particular experience that we're trying to build? And that starts with first, and, and, and frankly, you know, I'll say this is one of the biggest there's two common flaws or mistakes I see with, with event organization, but one of which is that people go into the event planning process without first establishing what is the goal of this event. How, you know, if I, if I go to anyone else in my company and I say, this is how we're defining success, you need to have that figured out and written down before you even start planning your event. Get buy-in so that you can go back and say, we delivered on what we said we were going to deliver on. And once you've done that, then you can back into, okay, what are the features? What are the things that we need to do to ensure that we're accomplishing that particular goal? A hundred percent. If you don't know where you're going, you'll never get there. That's what I learned in Boston University. But, you know, also what you were saying about the goals and objective, that's so yes. true because, you know, we all often start with the objective, like why, and then the KPIs. And then every time is a little bit different, right? Yep. But then if you have that buy-in from the beginning, you also can plan it out very strategically. So you're not just doing event for the sake of doing it as well. Right. Right. And, you know, I was just going to say that's one of the, the uh, big advantages that we found with virtual, you know, with in-person events, you had to hit this critical mass of attendance in order to really justify the fixed cost of, say, renting out the venue or bringing in the vendors. And then it becomes that sort of the variable component once you've hit that threshold. In the world of virtual, you're able to really create a more segmented audience list and identify exactly who each experience is for and then build your curriculum, build your goals around that particular audience. Yeah, I love attending educational conferences virtually because to me, yeah. it, it makes so much more sense. It, it's less costly, like you mentioned, but also the timing, right? I don't have to travel, you know, even going to Miami, that takes a few hours. Yeah. And coming back, right? Like that is all time and time is money for someone like me and for a lot of people. Right. So like getting it virtually is just that much more accessible. And I love the playback because it used to be when you go to conferences and especially if there's concurrent sessions, Jonathan, you're like, oh, I got pick one. And then right. someone else said, well, Jonathan's session is also really good. Well, too bad you weren't in that session. But now I could actually go back and watch the different con concurrent sessions if I wanted to, which is such a great feature. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then are you finding that customers are mixed and matching event technology or picking like one single provider? Yeah, it's a great, great question. So what we're seeing is that there's a number of organizations that have built a, a tech stack 
based on in-person uh, events. And they already have the infrastructure in place. So in some cases, they're sort of sticking with that, but they're using a different solution for virtual because majority of the solutions that were out there for in-person events, you know, I don't want to name names, but um, they weren't really the right solution for virtual. What you're seeing today is that platforms like us are really focused on being that holistic solution. So it does become that one-stop shop. You integrate with the rest of your tech stack once, and then you have all the tools in place to facilitate whatever type of experience it is. Um, but that said, you know, again, if you think about the audience of who's buying these solutions and who's putting on these events, it's the same person that walks into, you know, a warehouse and turns it into a experience that somebody's going to remember for the rest of their life. It's it's catering towards this incredibly creative type of person, and they do need the flexibility of tool and platform out there to create those unique experiences. And sometimes that does mean finding a different venue digitally to host their event on. Yeah, and since you've seen so many events come through, what are some I guess, what is the biggest pet peeve or frustration that you're seeing from event organizers? So it's changed over time. Uh, one of which is, you know, not specific to virtual events, but one of the biggest pet peeves I have other than not identifying what the goal of hosting that event is, is not having a call to action at the end of the event. It's one of the, you know, it's this opportunity where people are, they're, they're super excited, they're super passionate about the experience that you just put forward. You have their attention and it is the perfect opportunity to ask for a next step. And if you don't know what the next step is, it's simple. Get them to register for your next event. And if it's a paid event, give them a huge discount. Incentivize them to do so because they're going to become your biggest advocate. They're going to drive more attendance to that next event. But other than that, it's, you know, people look at it sometimes and they think, okay, this is, it's virtual. There's a safety net. I, I don't have the same sort of responsibilities that I do in person. But it's different because you have, so much competition for somebody's attention. You know, I've got three monitors in front of me. My Slack is going off throughout this entire conversation. There's so many things that could, that could pull my attention away. Somebody might want to watch a Netflix show, finish an episode they started last night. Whatever it might be, you have to be more entertaining than that. And you have to think about building programming that's going to do that. And it's going to be compelling to that particular individual. And then you have to personalize your communication and your messaging to drive them to that content that is ultimately designed to keep their attention. And do you feel like, especially with in-person events coming back, what is the proper mix of like in-person versus like virtual experiences? Yeah, it really depends on the, on the company or the organization where their attendance base is. You know, for example, we work with a lot of software companies that host events virtually because their, their customer base is global. It's just not feasible for their attendees to fly halfway across the world to attend a half-day product launch event. Zapier is a customer of ours, and they're a perfect example of that. They do an incredible job of bringing their global customer base together to create excitement and to create chatter and publicity on social and other mediums around a product launch. You know, you've never seen somebody on LinkedIn posting a screenshot of like a product launch email. But when Zapier hosted their virtual product launch event, I saw hundreds of people posting on social media talking about these new feature releases because it brought everybody together and it created that excitement all at once. And those product launches made people's lives better. They saved people a lot of time and they figured out a way to communicate that in just such an effective manner. So 
you know, it's not a one, it's, there's not one answer to that question. It really depends on understanding your audience and thinking about what programming is going to be best for them. But ultimately what we're seeing is just this mixing and matching of designing programming that really creates the right opportunity for everybody. And it allows them to participate in the way that they feel comfortable. And yes, events are returning to in-person, but right now uh, from some of the industry reports, in-person attendance is only about 65% of what it was in the 2019 level. So it hasn't fully returned. And there's a variety of reasons, everything that you mentioned around travel, but there's also still that fear of a, you know, the, the in-person attendance and what that could mean from a health and safety uh, standard. So creating the right opportunities and the opportunity that fits each of your attendees is incredibly important. I mean, the recovery will take time, right? And yeah. you, I think one of the great things that came out the pandemic is knowing and leveraging virtual opportunities because like you said, it could be now global. We did conferences where previously it was just United States. And then because of virtual, now people globally can attend, right? So yeah. now we're running into, okay, are you going to also have a virtual path so that the, for those people that don't necessarily want to travel, but they love the conference can attend. You know, and there's like so many different opportunities. You can even have different tiers. You can have an in-person price and then you can also have a virtual price. You know, so for event organizers, event organizers out there, there's so many different ways we could really integrate this as well into the whole, whole event experience. Well, to, to your point there, it's also that just going to an in-person event, it's a bigger decision. It's a bigger commitment than it was in the past. And if you can provide technology experience in advance of that event, that it makes it a bigger deal. It extends that experience. It gives people an opportunity to figure out who they want to spend their time with during that in-person event, have an opportunity to network in advance and book meetings. You're making that in-person experience more valuable to those folks. And then, you know, it's more justifiable for them to, uh, to take the time and the money to, to, to make that travel. The other aspect, and, and this often gets forgotten or neglected, is that Virtual just creates a level of accessibility that otherwise didn't really exist with in-person. And, you know, there's a number of different aspects of how accessibility can be defined, but, but one of which is just that, look, not everybody wants to go to an in-person event or conference. That is overwhelming for a lot of people. The idea of walking into a function hall where you don't know anybody and you have to walk up to some random person and make conversation I mean, that's not the easiest thing in the world to do. And for a lot of people, that's petrifying. And I, I get it. And there's so much chatter about wanting to return to in-person, but it's from the audience of people that want to return to in-person. It's not coming from the people that never cared or wanted to do that in the first place and found refuge in what virtual could provide them, an opportunity to interact in a medium that they're comfortable with. Yeah, and I always joke, I'm like, you want me to go to an event? I now have to dress up, right? Put on my makeup, and I got to drive an hour in LA traffic. Yeah. Because <laughs> anywhere here is traffic. But, like, that takes a commitment, right? And before yeah. pandemic, it's like, it's a no-brainer. You just do it. But afterwards, right. now it's like, wait, I, you know, on Zoom or on virtual, I only have to look half as good, you know? You, 
I could be wearing pajamas right now. You don't know. <laughs> but it's a bigger commitment. And you're right, because that's why the numbers are not returning. There is still that fear, but also it's like, wait, is it really worth my time to go in person yeah. when I could do it virtually? Right. Well, that does raise you know concern from some organizers on, on hosting a hybrid event. They think there's going to be cannibalization of their in-person experience if they offer that virtual experience. But this goes back to what I was just talking about, where you do have a somewhat bifurcated audience where not everybody does want to go in person. So I don't think it's always going to be so much that you're cannibalizing one experience over the other. It's more about accessibility. It's creating the right opportunity that each person ultimately wants. I agree. I agree. Yeah. The introverts can come out. The, I mean, the introverts can stay in and the extroverts can come out. Best of right. the world. And then one other thing we talk talk about also in terms of like virtual event is the event data. Like there's so much that could be captured, but why is that exciting? Yeah, well, I mean, there's, there's a, we could go a long time on that topic alone, but you know, I'll, I'll touch on one major aspect of it, which is the way that we've seen digital marketing get flipped on its head over the past year. With Apple's war on Facebook and the reduction in third-party cookie tracking, I mean, we saw just yesterday, Facebook announced their first quarterly loss or quarterly decline in revenue ever. So you're seeing this digital marketing having this massive shift where traditional ad mechanisms are not as successful as they historically were. And what that means is that zero party and first party data becomes all the more powerful. And as you think about different mechanisms for capturing that, that zero and first party data, you know, you've got things like website visits and ebook downloads, white paper downloads, et cetera. But that really gives you just sort of a point in time information stack. It, it, you know, it's telling you, okay, this person might've downloaded that PDF, but it doesn't tell you what they're interested in and what they care about. When you think about an event experience, somebody is willing to give up their time, their money, their registration data, their cookie tracking, all in exchange for access to your content and your community. And from that information, you can just gather so much about how to communicate with this person, how to follow up with them in a, in a way that's going to resonate, resonate far better. Now, just imagine for a second that you're an organization like HubSpot. You've got multiple product lines and you have a customer who's using your CRM product, but they attend one of your product launch events and you notice they're checking out a bunch of sessions related to your service hub product. Well, right then and there, you know that your customer success team, your account managers should be reaching out to this person and following up to see, well, why were they so interested in that? Is there an upsell opportunity here where we can expand that account because they're showing interest in this other, other service that we offer, this other product that we offer? So events have this, this very powerful mechanism to get us access to that insight that uh, you know, otherwise we kind of get lost in the fold. Yeah, the data is so powerful because we're actually able to, if we structure the right way, and that's always something we caution our clients, like don't get too bombarded with all the data. Like what is it that you really need and want, right? And that's how we structure it because we can see, like you said, like when did people join? What sessions they attended? How long did they stay, right? right. And when did they leave? And what did they download into their virtual briefcase? Stuff like that. That all has a lot of value versus... For in-person, we're able to do that at, at a certain capacity as well, but is not as accessible and is not as affordable either. So it's just different considerations. Well, you know, 
what we have seen is there's been about a 3x uptick in demand for mobile apps for in-person events, conferences and trade shows particularly. Uh, I think that's for a number of reasons. One is that organizers now know how to use event data and they know what's available to them. But there's also become an expectation for attendees that technology is going to play a bigger role in the event. That they're going to have those tools and resources available to them. So both sides of that marketplace are looking for technology to be available within that event experience. And with that, you're getting access to that information, you know, ability to send push notifications out to your, your audience on site. You can promote sponsors. You can send out surveys or polls. You can allow people to interact in chat or threaded messages during a session. And you can do these things that create engagement, but also allow you to measure the engagement throughout the event similar to what you had access to virtually, but with an in-person format. Correct. I love that. There's just so many wonderful features. And then you guys have a very robust phone version, mobile version? Yep. Yeah, we have a mobile version as well for iOS and Android. Um, and yeah, it really allows you to facilitate the entirety of that experience. Um, you know, everything from agenda management to everything that else that I just mentioned. Um, but another thing that you can, you know, you can use technology for on site is gamification. And one thing that uh, that we often see organizers doing is they use this as another mechanism for selling sponsorship. So you can sell a sponsor the ability to, to sponsor a challenge. Maybe attendees win an iPad by participating in a scavenger hunt or stopping by their booth so that that exhibitor can collect those attendees as as leads. Um, and again, it just, you know, gives you more insight, gives you more information about the way that attendees are interacting throughout that event experience that ultimately leads to helping you to design your next event or optimize the event on the fly and make adjustments that are going to make that experience better and thus lead to higher engagement at your next event. For sure. Yeah. Those are all ways to, we did, I remember we'll do like top 10 every day of the three-day conference. And then we'll yep. post those, right? Because they'll win points and they'll get prizes and people like, because the more sessions they attend, the more points they accumulate as well. Or like they're yeah. more engaged in the chat and those definitely do work. So those are features that are super helpful. And you know, it's great that you mentioned the top 10 each day because one, you know, one sort of flaw in that is if you just do one challenge throughout the duration of the event, once a couple of people start to pull away from the pack, others are going to feel like there's no reason to even try or to participate. So by creating numerous challenges and picking winners at a higher frequency, you're giving everybody the opportunity to continue participating, continue trying so you don't get that drop off. Definitely. So I'm going to pivot the conversation a little bit now. You know, we talked yeah. a lot about the platform, but I would love to kind of step back a little bit. And what has been that one thing that has really helped propel your business to just to a different level? Uh, you know, I'd say it's customer support. It's the way that we're there to, to be available, to deliver for our, our customers, to answer their questions in real time, and ultimately help quell the anxiety that comes with hosting an event. Awesome. And then would you say that you're at the pinnacle of your career so far, Jonathan? So far? Yes, I would say that. Look at that. Hopefully, hopefully that, uh, that changes every day. <laughs> awesome. That's really good. Any additional advice you want to share with the audience today? Uh, you know, if you're new to the world of events, 
I know it can be intimidating, but it doesn't have to be. Start small, dip your toe in the water. You can start with a smaller virtual event. You can build a small series of virtual events. And again, you can use that all as a mechanism to prepare yourself for your first in-person experience because you would have already built your audience, your speakers, and your sponsors. And you can set yourself up for success and ensure that that first in-person experience is, is something that you're ready for. Those are some great tips. And Jonathan, what is the best way for the audience again touch with you? Yeah. So you can find us on excelevents.com, A-C-C-E-L events. Uh, you know, I talked about that chat support. So give us a, give us a shout on the chat. Uh, you'll get a response from a real person in less than 30 seconds. If you don't, then find me on LinkedIn, John Kazarian on LinkedIn, and let me know about it. Oh, I love that challenge. You guys should definitely try it and see if it's working, right? Yeah. This has truly been amazing, Jonathan. Thank you so much for joining us today. And for those of you that are tuning in, if you have any question or interested in working with Excel events, please make sure to reach out. And if you're looking for a virtual platform, I would recommend to check out Excel events. We definitely vetted a lot of different virtual events ourselves, you know, at the prime of pandemic. And I was have to say, and this is only from like actually using it, that it was really easy to use, um, especially when it comes to like conferences, you know, that's what we had, that's where our experience was. But, you know, I was so excited to have Jonathan on because I was like, oh my God, we actually used his platform before. So I know this platform, but this is just really great. Thank you so much for sharing your insight today with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time on Event Up.